This is John Halsman, and welcome to The Culture, our weekly section in our newspaper to the world about the goings-on in the greater world of social culture, which I think is underrated and incredibly interesting and actually ties in really well to the politics that we go on. People try to separate politics and culture and art and cinema as though they were separate focuses. And this just isn't how the world works. It's only by seeing them together that you can holistically make sense of the place that we live in. And thanks to your support um, and the huge popular outcry for more of this, we're turning our newsletter into a newspaper to the world. And our local paper will devote one issue, a podcast a week to the culture. And today I want to talk about the death, the recent death at the age of 90 of Monica Vitti, the transcendent Italian actress who died of complications from Alzheimer's disease at the age of 90. And Monica Vitti was a very different sort of movie star uh, at the time when she burst onto the scene in 1960 with the making of her boyfriend, Michelangelo Antonioni, best name in cinema. If you offer me a, a writing gig and you said you get to write for a man named Michelangelo Antonioni, I would probably do it. But anyway, Antonioni's great film, La Ventura, uh, made in 1960, The Adventure, uh, where Monica Vitti has the key role as Claudia, uh, whose best friend Anna goes missing, and in the course of going missing while she's looking for, for Anna, she falls in love with, with Anna's fiance, the amoral Sandro. And that is the kind of key moment of modern cinema. And to take a step back, why does this matter? And I'll make a, a personal comment here. My eldest son uh, lives in Washington, and I don't get to see nearly enough of him, but we share a love of cinema. And he has made a career of doing vlogs about cinema as a very young guy and has done very well with them. But one of the things that annoyed me early on, and by this he's only at the time he was 13 or 14, was that he was a prisoner of the Marvel Universe and knew nothing about the glorious background the last hundred years of cinema. And I said, I can't stand this anymore. There's nothing wrong with liking Marvel movies. But you also have to understand the films of Hitchcock and David Lean and the films of Ingmar Bergman and Visconti and Fellini and the Cahiers de Cinema guys in France, René and Truffaut and Godard and Michelangelo Ant Antonioni's name came up. And I said, look, I can't stand it. Let's watch one film a week and both see it individually and then talk about it when we speak regularly on the phone. And so we've started our mini film club and this has been going on now for many, many years and has been a source of great joy for me in getting to connect to my son intellectually over something that we both love, but it's also made me re-educate re myself about movies, which I've always enjoyed, but seeing them systematically. And so we started by looking at Hitchcock and went through the master's work from the 1930s up until the 1970s. Uh, then we moved on to Ingmar Bergman, the great Swedish filmmaker, uh, the Cahiers de Cinema guys, uh, Godard and Truffaut and René, and having done that, we moved on to Visconti, Fellini, Antonioni, Leone, the Italians, and uh, we're, we're currently making our way through them. And then having finished that, we moved back to David Lean and Michael Powell. We, we, we did the Archers, the Pressburg Powell people, Emery Pressburger and Michael Powell, we did them. And then we've moved on to David Lean and then on to Kurosawa. So it's been a worldwide look at movies and how they inform the world that we live in. And I've loved doing it with him and want to share some of that with you because one of the films I thought he absolutely had to see 
was Monica Vitti and Michael, Michelangelo Antonioni's La Ventura in 1960, almost the preeminent art film. And it's easy to mock and easy to misunderstand. And in fact, as Monica Vitti let it be known, when the film came out at Cannes, where they put all their efforts, it was met by incomprehension and howls of laughter to the point that she was so distressed that she ran teary-eyed from the cinema. But that didn't stop uh, others from seeing the value of it. It was awarded a special jury prize, and it did, and indeed it made, La Ventura made Antonioni and Vitti's name. Um, they made three films at the time that were seen as a kind of trilogy of um, non-communication, uh, following La Ventura in 1960, La Note, The Night, was made in 1961 with Jean Moreau, the great French film actress, and Marcello Mastroianni, probably the preeminent Italian film actor at the time, in, in an odd threesome with her. Um, and then Le Clis in 1962 with Alain Delon, um, maybe the best-looking film actor in history, and Monica Vitti and he have a doomed romance um, and these three films, La Ventura, La Note, and Le Clis, 1960, 61, and 62, really set the stage for black and white European existential filmmaking. And it's easy to make fun of this. Again, good-looking Europeans with a lot of money, staring vacantly for long periods of time, smoking on each other, and caring only about sex but not being very good at it, um, and then wallowing in despair. I mean, it's easy to make fun of this. But they were on to a greater point. First, there's a historical point of the time. And then I think you have to look at the bigger point for now, because it stands the test of time an awful lot better than, say, 1960s, early 1960s, at least American cinema, uh, because they were talking about something real. In Italy, it had finally gotten beyond, along with the rest of Europe, the devastation of World War II. If you look at films made in the late 40s and 50s, people aren't wallowing in existential despair because they're too busy trying to eat. They're too busy trying to repair their neighborhoods, their houses from bombings and the carnage of World War II to have time to worry about their emotional interiors and why they aren't connecting with society. But by the 1960s, Europe was well into its 20 to 25 years, or as the French call it, the Tron Glorieuse Années, the 30 glorious years of productivity and growth when it caught up and took off and became the first world society that we know it to be today. And of course, with this prosperity, you can then again worry about what's going on inside you because you don't have to worry about what you're going to eat. And these three films really do set out this very different time. Um, existentialism had already crept into the academy in terms of uh, writing, and, and, and this was now cinema catching up, in a sense, with what already was going on uh, with the Beat Generation, the Kerouac people, and then moving on into the 1960s, uh, including some even music at the time, people like Bob Dylan. Uh, but this was catching up to that. And again, the storyline is deceptively simple. A bunch of well-educated, well-heeled, prosperous Romans go off to a volcanic island, as you can do in Italy, for the day. They take a day trip and they go out, and Sandro goes with his fiancée, Anna. They're having, they're having arguments, they're, they're in despair, and yet they're still stuck with each other. Um, and Claudia is brought along as a third wheel, as Anna's best friend. And in the course of going to the volcanic island, Anna disappears. And this would seem, certainly in an American movie, this would be what is focused on then for the rest of the film. 
What happened to Anna? Can she be found? Did she commit suicide? Did she run away? Did the waves take her away? What happened? And yet this isn't the focus of La Ventura. That's what's so interesting. The focus is not on the present, is not on the material, is not on what's in front of your nose. And in fact, in alarmingly short time, although dutifully people look for her, Sandra was already hitting on Claudia before they've even left searching for her on the volcanic island, and Claudia isn't sure that she doesn't like him. And of course, once they get back to the mainland, the relationship is almost immediately consummated. Now, Sandro seems to have no conscience at all, is vain, narcissistic, and has the attention span of a fruit fly. And this is indeed the critique that Antonioni is making of European men of his generation. Nothing, literally nothing, matters. Now, the int that would be overdone um, if it were just about Sandro, but Monica Vitti as in the other th two movies, really anchors his performance by having a conscience, by being the only one who says, alternating between saying, boy, I hope we find my friend Anna, and boy, I hope we don't find my friend Anna, because what would happen then, now that I'm madly in love with Sandro for reasons that pass understanding, other than the fact that he smokes well and walks through a room wearing a jacket reasonably well, and having been in Italy, I've just described half the population. But she at least has a conscience that some things ought to have meaning. But in no time at all, all the people on the island, not just Sandro, begin to forget about Anna. And the shocking thing about La Ventura is that a person's disappearance has almost no meaning. And because this has no meaning, it makes the larger argument that the world itself has no meaning. There is nothing that matters. There's no love. There's no connection. There's no being part of something greater than yourself. And this is the point that they're making. And predictably, Sandro uh, almost immediately has a fling with a well-publicized prostitute, mainly out of boredom and the fact that aesthetically she's beautiful. On the other hand, cheating on Monica Vitti sounds like a, uh, an aesthetically very bad decision indeed. But Sandro goes ahead and does this um, and then is caught or found out in doing this and weeps with shame and guilt on Monica Vitti at the end of the movie. Again, Anna totally forgotten by now. Already, you can see why Anna was despairing at the beginning of the movie, whereas at the beginning she seemed hysterical. Now the secret to her hysteria is revealed, which is that Sandro is an emotional black hole of nothingness. There's nothing there. But she can't easily leave him, Anna or Claudia, but nor can she condone his ridiculous behavior. And even he knows he's behaving like a spoiled five-year-old, weeping with shame and remorse on her, promising to do better when both Monica Vitti and we know he never, ever, ever will. And if this describes relationships that either you've been in or your friends have been in, welcome to the modern world. Because it's in Monica Vitti having a conscience that the shocking lack of the importance of being rooted is, is made clear in La Ventura, which is why it remains a disturbing, powerful, and wonderful film that I wanted my son to see, because people get existentialism entirely wrong. 
The point isn't that decadence is wonderful. The problem is that Antonioni is such a gifted technical filmmaker that he makes all these doomed zombies wandering around look really, really attractive. I remember seeing this movie in Rocky River, Ohio, or crossing town to Shaker Heights with my friend Laura and watching this, and these people seemed both doomed and totally fascinating. I wanted to have a martini with them, and I'd never had a martini in my life when I'd seen it. The problem is that in being technically such a gifted filmmaker, there is the, the tendency of Antonioni to glamorize the very people he's condemning. But don't forget the message underneath, because Antonioni makes the message of any gifted existentialist. It isn't, life has no meaning, and then, and then go forward like the rest of these people and forget about your fiancé and hit on her best friend in a matter of 15 seconds as though you were a fruit fly. The matter is... If this is the state of the world, if a person's disappearance has so little meaning that everyone's back outside at dinner parties almost immediately, and that Monica Vitti is the one lone voice of responsibility, of caring, of looking for depth, of looking for meaning, the point isn't to give up on not having meaning, it's to find some. The great point of existentialism isn't to ignore the lack of meaning in the world. It's to acknowledge the lack of meaning in the world, to acknowledge that we can't rely on old institutions which are discredited, um, be what our parents were, or be what, 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 what we thought the church was in its decadence, but that we are responsible ourselves to find meaning, not to run away from it, not to end up like Sandro, but to be a tormented Claudia and look for meaning and look for some sort of redemption and look for things that that, that matter in the long run, because in the end, we all will disappear, not so suddenly and dramatically as off a volcanic island. But what Antonioni is doing is, is into this shallow world, this plastic ersatz world of endless martinis and endless cigarettes and endless parties of bored, diffident people. He's saying, ultimately, they're boring. They may look wonderful, but they're zombies. There's nothing to them. This might as well be a George Romero film of zombies because they aren't connected to anything and they have no idea of who they are or what they are or where they're going. And this only works because Monica Vitti anchors the film, making Antonioni's argument for him. The point isn't that a person's disappearance has no meaning and this is shocking. It's that this is shocking, so let's go and find some meaning. Let's try to connect. Let's go back to E.M. Forster. And remember, when Forster, the great English novelist, was asked his secret to life, he said, I can describe it in only two words. Only connect. And this is a modernist updating of Forster. And it is brilliantly done in a post-war Europe that is now rich enough to look at the fact that in throwing away all its values, all that's left to it is decadence. But the reality of this doesn't end there. If anything, Antonioni was only on in 1960 to the tip of a very large iceberg. This was way before Zuckerberg's metaverse, way before things, uh, statements such as in the great movie Don't Look Up about Bash Industries, which was a mock of the metaverse, life but without the hassle of living. And that's what so many of us have gotten into, and even more worryingly, our children. We aren't connected to each other at all. We spend our lives looking at phones. I was on the metro in Milan just the other day, and I counted the number of people looking up who didn't have a phone in front of their face. And of 27 people, three of us were looking around at the world, looking to make connections that weren't staring and worshiping a blank screen 
in front of us. The world is so much more decadent, so much more superficial than it was when Antonioni was just beginning to glean out what was to come next. But it is so much more important and imperative to see these existential films, these three films, La Ventura, La Notte, and L'Eclisse, because they are on to what, where we're going, to where we're heading, to the dangers ahead. And we must remember, like Anna, we can always fall off the rock. The death can come to us at any time. This isn't to be gloomy, but it's to say that we have to make sure that when we fall off the rock, people don't go back to eating their lunch within the next 30 seconds, that there is meaning that we are connected to something bigger than ourselves. And that if we're not, we're going to live into the zombie land that Antonioni and Monica Vitti so expertly laid out in front of us. I hope you enjoyed this, which is our first effort to look at cinema, the great movie, La Ventura, well ahead of its time, misunderstood then, misunderstood now. Do watch it. Um, I'm sure you can find a copy online or rent it online or streaming or whatever people do nowadays, but it is well worth the time. Get beyond the tropes that are made of people in languor, diffidently smoking their cigarettes beautifully, wearing unbelievably fantastic clothing. That still is Italy. That's the wonder of being here. And get at Antonioni's key message, which is only connect, updating Forster for the modernist era and seeing where we were heading. The world is going to become more decadent all the more reason for us, like Claudia, to search for real meaning, to have a conscience and to try to connect. Or we'll end up, as opposed to Claudia, like Sandro, weeping guiltily at the end for being caught with the prostitute, not for what he did, but for how small it reveals him to be, that he could disappear in a second from an island like his former fiance, and absolutely no one would care. You want people to care about you. You want to connect. And Monica Vitti, with her lustrous, luminous performance, opens up a realm of possibility through Antonioni's glorious movie. Do enjoy it. Hope you enjoyed this. And do subscribe. For those of you who have, we're asking for $70 a year, which is just $7 a month. $70 a year so we can continue to do things like the culture, jail writers, the society page. Tomorrow's Around the World in 20 Minutes where we look at what's going on in Ukraine and the Patrick Henry podcast, as well as our book serializations on Monday. We are now a full-service newspaper. Thank you so, for much, so much for allowing us to do this by your contributions, and please do keep giving so we can become the best little local newspaper to the world there is. I'm thrilled to start with La Ventura and introduce you to me and Benjamin's Film Club. We will be doing more movies as we go around the world. All right, take care. Have a great day.